With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Show again, that is Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We have lots of cool stuff over there on our Facebook page. We have show chats tonight. We'll have a Monday Night Raw chat during Raw on the Facebook page. So be sure to head on over to Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show to check out our Facebook page. So you can check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy Show. Again, at the Ken Reedy Show. Head on over, tweet us. You got some interesting stuff you want to talk about? Tweet us over there. Maybe we'll get to it on the show. And you can always check out our website, thekentreedyshow.com. We got blogs over there. We got uh, pictures. We got lots of really cool stuff over there on the website. So be sure to check out thekentreedyshow.com. We are part of right now a very interesting and exciting uh, project. If you want to head over and you want to listen to us on the iTunes, I know a lot of people out there use the iTunes. Um, we are part of a radio station now, an internet radio station, where it's, it's kind of a one-stop shopping for wrestling podcasts. we got a bunch of shows on our station. Uh, it is 1640 PWPR on iTunes, so and it's free. It's free to subscribe. We're just out there trying to get, it's kind of a joint venture as we all publicize each other's shows. Got a lot of great shows on there, so head on over to iTunes. You get on iTunes, go to the store where you search. Just type in 1640PWPR. Our radio station will pop up. You can subscribe. So if you're not listening to us live, 
You can head on over there and listen to us recorded. You can download a bunch of our, our shows there, 1640 PWPR. And if you think you got what it takes to be part of the 1640 family, we're also conducting a major, major talent search to add some great shows to the 1640 family. So you can message us at the Ken Reedy Show, message 1640. King Firehawk is one of the shows on there. Message him. Just get a recording to us. Get a message to us. Send up a smoke signal. But we want more and more talent on the 1640 family. So if you think you got what it takes, get your name to us. We'll we'll give a listen to your show. We'll see if you you're ready for the 1640 family. But this is it right now. We do this each and every Monday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, to get you set for Monday Night Raw. We'll do a special show on Sunday to get you ready for the WWE pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. So we do it each and every pay-per-view Sunday. We'll give you a full two hours to get you ready. So that'll be this Sunday coming up. But with all the things going on in the world of professional wrestling, I just can't do it on my own. So without further ado, let's... I'm going to tag him in all the way from sunny, warm Connecticut. My tag team partner, Dave, on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? It's pretty balmy here, pretty muggy here in Connecticut, but uh, it's better than the snow, like I said, you know, in previous shows. I'm, I'm, like I always, ready to get down to business. Yeah, man, it's like, I was walking outside before, and it's, it's, it's like August outside. It's, it's, you know, we went right from winter to summer, but, uh, I'm right there with you. I am enjoying the hot as opposed to the the snow. It's still it's weird though with the snow and how it was. Like there's still part of me that's like there's just going to be a freakish snowstorm that's just going to come out of nowhere. But hopefully, hopefully here here in the Northeast we're done with the snow. Um, but let's get into the wrestling talk because it, you know this is it's been an interesting thing. And I talked about it last week on the show. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about. Uh, this year really on the show and maybe that's uh, symptomatic of the the on-screen product but we've talked a lot about uh, stuff behind the scenes Uh, a lot of news items a lot of significant news items uh, a lot of other stuff we're watching um, in addition to uh, the the performances Raw, Smackdown, Impact those TV shows and uh, one of the the great shows that that, uh, or documentaries that was on this past week was a the E60 documentary on NXT, uh, specifically highlighting uh, Raymond Lapon, you know him as Adam Rose, uh, Corey Graves, um, you know, and, and it was it was really a well done documentary. Uh, really pulled the curtain back, and uh, it's interesting, Dave, because when I always see like documentaries like this, um, it, it I find, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I find myself like watching it. It's like a double-edged sword. On on one hand, you know, there's there's a part of me that just, you know, is almost like a student. And anything I can learn about pro wrestling, I, I really enjoy. And I enjoy seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff. And I find it very, very intriguing seeing all that sort of stuff. And then there's that part of me that's the wrestling fan. And, and harkens back to when I started watching wrestling... And stuff like you saw in E60 would be a closely guarded secret. And there was this illusion, and, and the characters were portrayed as real people. So it, there's this part of me that watches a documentary like that and is sort of 
disappointed uh, as, as the age. Uh, you know, again, I never want to say that kayfabe is, is dead, but it, it's kind of on life support. And when you see uh, documentaries like this, it kind of, I don't know, like I said, I have mixed feelings on it. But if, if I'm trying to be unbiased and, and take out uh, my feelings on kayfabe and, and pulling back the curtain, I thought it was an excellent documentary. I recommend it to all wrestling fans. Uh, very good stuff. And it's not and, and a documentary that was not put out by the WWE but by ESPN. I thought it was very well done. Um, I will correct you though. WWE did have, uh, for the most part, some final say on some of the segments that aired. I read, read an article about that the other day. As a matter of fact, ESPN had given them um, a, a final copy of what they wanted to release on the air, and WWE tweaked it just a little bit. But for the most part, ESPN. Um, what they put out is 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 mainly come mainly came from them. Um, as far as your your statement earlier that you made about uh, you know kind of a double edged sword, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's how I view it. I mean, I'm a wrestling documentary junkie, and you know I'm I'm a fan of the business in general. You know, overall, I'm I'm, I'm just like everybody else that listens to the show. I'm a fan. So, excuse me. When um, when I watch some of these things, I always try to look for. Um, something new that I haven't learned or something that um, is, is uh, I don't know, a topic or a particular situation that took place in a documentary, something that could, you know, catch my eye or catch my attention so that it's something that gets maybe exploited or used um, on television further down the line in WWE storylines. So, like, for instance, um, uh, Ray LaPond, who we know is Adam Rose, Let's face it, when the Adam Rose character first came out, I thought it was a pretty cool character, but for the most part, um, I didn't think it was going to go past anywhere, uh, you know, like Santino Morella status. You know, he's just going to be a comedic act, a certain spot on the card when they when, when they needed him at times. But for the most part, his character wasn't an important character. But I think that hardcore WWE fans that watch WWE, that will watch anything that has WWE related to it, that tuned into this program will now have more sympathy for what Adam Rose and Ray LaPon or whoever you want to refer to him as had to go through to get to that point in his career. The personal struggles with his child's disability. And at 35 years old, he was almost cut from WWE's uh, you know, developmental territory. And now they found a character for him that's connecting with an audience, per se. And it, it, was, it was a great story that was told. And I think it kind of put the Adam Rose character in some ways, back in the spotlight on WWE um, television storyline. Same thing with Xavier Woods. I mean, the New Day thing's been going over real well, in my opinion. But now I think WWE fans are going to look at him much differently, and I think they're going to take what we saw on E60 and use some of that in some of these guys' characters on WWE television and their storyline. So I thought it was very well done. It served multiple purposes, and like I said, I'm a big documentary junkie, and there were things that, like, I didn't know that I thought were really cool. Just the overall, you know, presentation of it. For years, ESPN has totally looked down on wrestling, and now they're incorporating it into some of their programming. And uh, they treated it such that it was um, legitimate and very serious, and they didn't kind of profile it and put it down at the same time like they used to in the past. So, overall, I loved it. I thought it was great. And again, I really enjoyed it too. It, they're just like I, for me as a fan, um, it does become a bit of a double-edged sword. But it, it, it's amazing when you see things like this, and like 
yeah, as a fan, I'm really rooting for Adam Rose now. I mean, you know, stuff, you know, you know, you, you cheer guys, you boo guys, you know, that, and, and I get it. That's the nature of, of the business as fans that you do. But, I mean, just heart-wrenching, um, you know, the disability that his son was born with, uh, you know, really, you know, tough to watch. And, uh, you know, as you see, you know, Adam Rose, uh, you know, in the back and, and uh, you know, talking about this is for my family and that moment when, uh, you know, the Adam Rose character resonates with the crowd and how uh, elated he was and how near tears he was. Um, it, it just got to a point where, like, how do you not root for this guy? I mean, you just, like, at this point, like, I just, I, I'm, I'm rooting for a push for Adam Rose. I mean, it just, you know, it kind of changes your perception once you see uh, the, the real guy behind it. And, uh, you know, seeing how smart uh, Xavier Woods is and, uh, you know, his perception on the business, um, very intriguing just learning the, the real guy uh, behind that character. And, uh, you know, seeing the, the evolution of Corey Graves and, uh, you know, him going through uh, the injury scenario, the series of concussions, and uh, ultimately snagging a commentary deal. Uh, you know, and it was cool. I thought it, it portrayed... Uh, Triple H in a very positive light. Uh, just really cool stuff. And I agree with you. I'm kind of a documentary junkie as well. Um, and, and I just thought that overall this was a really, really well done documentary. And, uh, you know, it, it got to a point where almost, you know, with NXT, like I wouldn't mind, uh, I don't know if you could do like a series, but, you know, with, with that being the developmental and guys being called up and whatever, like, to me, Dave, this is something you could almost do, like, once or twice a year. Well, in terms of, like, a, a documentary on behind the scenes or, like, or yeah, a documentary profile? behind the scenes, like, pro, profile a few guys on NXT and, uh, you know, do it again. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you could do something like that. I think W... I think WWE would be would be capable and able to to do something like that, and I think it would it would help the the the, the NXT characters on um, you know the, it would help get them and their message and their character across the WWE storylines and television because sometimes you know guys come up from developmental and nobody really knows who they are. What's great about the network is that now you can watch these guys on the network on NXT every week. And you can watch all the old shows and know who these people are before they make it to the main roster. But, you know, if they were to do a documentary one or two, you know, a year on a particular guy and their character in NXT, I think it would really translate well and help identify um, and, and give an identity to these guys before they even make it to the main roster. Similar to what WWE did with their 24 series last week with Roman Reigns and we know we could discuss that even further. Yeah, again, like, you know, stuff that, you know, just gobbling up the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. And uh, I what I liked about the Roman Reigns documentary is, like I said, people, a lot of wrestling fans love to put out there that like, kayfabe is dead. I, I really like the fact that, you know, it, that documentary with Roman Reigns pulled the curtain back a bit. But at the same time, like at the end, it was Reigns lost his match at WrestleMania there wasn't talk of, you know, me and Brock put on a good performance. Like, it was, it, it, the last match was portrayed as uh, a sporting event, as, as a legit shoot, so to speak. And and I like the way that style was mixed. 
But another guy that, like, I mean, now, of course, me being very biased, uh, you know, him being a 49er fan, and uh, I, I didn't realize that. So just seeing that, how that must have been a dream of his uh, to wrestle there. I thought Roman Reigns was very candid uh, about uh, being booed after the Rumble. Um, you know, I thought the documentary made Reigns a very likable guy. I loved uh, Roman Reigns' mother. Uh, and how she was reacting to things. Um, another guy that, like, you watch the documentary, uh, coming and now and also seeing the match and knowing how he performed at WrestleMania, you know, and people could, you know, again, you're a fan, you can you can like who you want, you can hate what you, you know, who you want. I mean, I get it. I do think there's a certain amount of, you know, this is fashionable. Like, we, we boo Roman Reigns now, so it's fashionable to boo him, so we just have to boo him. Uh, I found Reigns very likable, uh, you know, and, and I liked him beforehand. I liked him more a- after the documentary. And, and coming out of Reigns' 24, um, I, I, I found myself like I can't wait till he finally gets gets over that hurdle, uh, climbs the mountain, and, and wins that title. Um, there's been a little bit of back to the drawing board with him, but uh, which is fine. I, I enjoyed that, that documentary immensely. So, you know, it was like one of those things where like two documentaries over the course of the week that we were both able to catch that I really, really enjoyed. What I thought was great, and you kind of alluded to it at the beginning of your statement regarding this subject, was they, they, WWE and their, their, their film crew did such a great job of mixing fiction and reality into that documentary. And like you said, like they portrayed that last match, that last sequence of, of uh, events with the, with the title match as an actual sporting event. And what I thought was great and, and really is telling for me was, you know, I've been a big Reigns guy since the beginning, and we've discussed the, the issue that took place earlier this year with the Royal Rumble, and I, I, I felt that he got, you know, un. Un, you know, he, he, he shouldn't have gotten the criticism that he got from the audience, but at the same time, I understood why the audience reacted to him the way that they did, because I think management kind of pulled the trigger a little too soon. And But at the same time, I've always felt from the beginning that he was going to be the man someday. Now, watching the documentary, like I said, they took fiction and reality and they kind of spliced it together, and it made for a really good presentation. What I got out of it at the end was this was the image that the, that the company is trying to portray of him is that he's a badass, but he's also a human being and he's a good guy too. I mean, how can you boo a guy that, you know, after his match, after he lost his match, he embraces his little daughter, his, his, his baby girl and his wife, and she was so sad that he lost. And, and I just felt like that moment right there, to me, it was like, all right, that's the defining moment where I think a lot of people, if they weren't big fans of him before, I think that they'll at least sympathize and respect his character after that. And I and I think that goes along with, too, the, the sequence of events, the beating that he took in the match with Brock Lesnar and how that story was told as well. I think that, along with the images that we saw from the 24 special, when he came back through the curtain at the end, I think, that's kind of, I think that image right there will change some people's minds about him, and they'll learn to respect him a little more, and then maybe eventually like his character more, have some form of a connection with his character. Like I said, I always have. I've always thought he's been, his character's been good, his ability in the ring is solid, and he's got a, a, a certain um, look and presentation about him that, gra- that, that, that I gravitate to as a fan. 
So, um, overall, I mean, I love what they've done with the, the 24 series, the WrestleMania one they did a few months back, the one with Booker T was good. Um, you know, stuff like that. Like they got to keep they got to keep rolling out stuff like that on the network because that that to me is like their I don't know that's their bread and butter as far as I'm concerned. I think people like to see more of the behind the scenes than they do of what's going on in the current product. Or they at least want to get an idea of what goes on behind the scenes to bring you the current product. So overall, thumbs up for me, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, it told a great story. What I like about it, and, and, and kudos to WWE, you know, uh, you know, whoever behind the scenes is deciding to do this, but like, you know, doing documentaries, uh, you know, behind the scenes, but really, you know, not to sound corny, but giving it, giving it heart, uh, so to speak, and and I, and I like the idea of these these twenty four documentaries where you're really highlighting, you know, one person and seeing that one person's struggles and giving, you know. Uh, so that there's there's a, a vested interest. It's not just um, you know seeing creative meetings and and seeing like the behind the scenes. It's seeing behind the scenes and giving it a you know a, a feel, a, you know, and, and a, a figure to empathize with. And uh, I think the E60 kind of hit that by really highlighting three people aside from giving you that like you know showing creative meetings and stuff, but showing personal struggles. And, and I think the Reigns documentary really hit that where, like you said, I, I mean, in all honesty, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Dave, and, and, and again, not to get corny, but I got to admit, like, I, you know, I kind of was getting a little choked up at the end when he hugged his daughter and he was saying, you know, I may never get to main event another WrestleMania again. You know, it's it, it just was very poignant. And for, for a guy that I, you know, again, I thought the 24 really nailed it, you know, for a man who comes from the family that he comes from, with, with uh, you know, wrestling, you know, running through his veins, the lineage, the staggering lineage, um, to, to continue to claw and climb his way up to the top and, uh, you know, to get to a point where he wins the Rumble but gets booed. And I love the fact they didn't shy away from that. And he, uh, you know, he flat out said in the documentary, it would have been great if everyone was cheering. You know, they have the right to boo, but... You know, he really, you know, he didn't play that company line like, you know, just saying they can do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. You know, he really, he kind of put it out there that that it upset him, that it bothered him, that he's a human being. You know, he's busting his ass uh, to to be the biggest guy in this company. And uh, for whatever reason, the the crowd, the, the fans decided that, you know what, we loved you a year ago, but now we don't. Because it seems like the company likes you, so now we don't like you. Um and and I and I thought they really gave us a certain amount of a, you know, real like human side to this this character Roman Reigns, and uh, you know I, I hope this this continues to lead towards uh, bigger and better things for Roman Reigns. Um, it's interesting enough as like there's a lot of speculation going on, and uh, you know at, um, Dean Ambrose's stock definitely continues to rise obviously Seth Rollins being the champ and uh, a lot of speculation going on right now that we're heading towards a shield reunion and uh, god damn I hope not I really hope not now and that might shock a lot of people I I'm all for a shield reunion down the road a piece um, but a couple things number one if you're the, like I Friends, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this picture on social media, but
But someone posted a picture with a with a bottle of, of Clorox, and it said, "I'm going to drink this whole thing if the shield doesn't reunite." Uh, please God, don't. Please remember, this is this is Jeff <laughs> Wrestling. Um, you know, I, I mean, on some levels, maybe this is social Darwinism, but I, I really just don't. Um, Storyline-wise, uh, like I said, Ambrose's stock has definitely been on the rise. Um, I thought, and we talked a lot on the show, that Ambrose was kind of getting lost in the shield. Uh, being a solo act right now, I think, has been great for Ambrose. Um, you had speculated, Dave, that perhaps next year uh, we're looking at a triple threat shield match for the WWE title. I'm, I, I think they're definitely heading in that direction. It wouldn't shock me at all if we see that at SummerSlam. But for me, creatively, at least not just yet. I don't want to see the Shield back together. I want to continue to see these three evolve as uh, solo acts. I want them as singles competitors. I want to see how far they can go as single competitors. And maybe down the road of Peach, we have a, a nostalgia run. Uh, maybe, you know, a couple weeks. Maybe they get together for one night for a special Monday Night Raw. But i got to be honest, Dave. I, I, I'm still, like, of that mindset, creatively speaking. I want to see where these guys can go. I don't think... Any one of the three has really reached the pinnacle, the full extent of their talent as, as single stars. And, and I think just, you know, when you talk about characters and stuff, like, you know, going back to the Shield is just moving backwards. I, I kind of want to see them continue to evolve as singles, guys. No, I don't, I don't think that they've reached their, 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 their highest level of talent just yet as single stars. Um, you mentioned that it wouldn't surprise you if we saw a Shield triple threat soon, maybe even SummerSlam. Um, it wouldn't surprise me either, but I think the big selling point for SummerSlam is Brock Lesnar returning. And I think, I, 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 you know, WWE in the past few years, Brock Lesnar's involvement in SummerSlam has helped make SummerSlam that much bigger of an event, and it's the second biggest event of the year. But I think personally, for the betterment of those three individuals, to have a triple threat match for the title at next year's WrestleMania. Why? Well, you have it at SummerSlam. Yeah, it'll be remembered as like, you know, being a part of, you know, SummerSlam. But if you put that match on last at the biggest WrestleMania of arguably the biggest WrestleMania of all time, at least that's what we're hearing in, in terms of creative and the, and the talent that's supposed to be involved. If you put that match on last and you associate that title match you know, being the main event of the WrestleMania that had the Rock and Ronda Rousey or the return of Steve Austin or Undertaker's retirement match or Brock Lesnar versus, you know, Godzilla or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, if you had that match as the last match to close out that WrestleMania and associated it with all those other guys, I think it would help those three guys stock tremendously being the main event of that WrestleMania. Anybody could main event SummerSlam. But you main event that WrestleMania, you close out that WrestleMania, that to me will, I wouldn't say they would be made guys, but you you would pretty much bank on the fact that the company looks at them as three of the future, and they're going with the future in the main event of that WrestleMania. So that's my opinion as far as that goes. Let me just weigh out the pros and cons as far as the Shield reuniting. I'll go with the pros. The Shield getting back together somehow at payback would be a big angle to start to start you know 
storylines for for the summer, heading into SummerSlam. I mean, we've seen storylines in the past like CM Punk's pipe bomb or the Nexus reuniting, or even last year when Rollins turned on the Shield and broke up. That was a huge storyline that nobody saw coming heading into the summer storylines and for SummerSlam. The three of them getting back together under their current personas could lead to, you know, to to them helping each other out, but not necessarily, you know, looking the part of the Shield, but being the Shield, but under their different personas. And then eventually, you know, as time evolves and moves on, you can show tension between them heading into WrestleMania season next year, which then eventually could set up their triple threat match between the three for the title. Who has the belt at that time? Who wins the Royal Rumble? Who has money in the bank? It doesn't really matter, you know, but you'll find a way to get there. So those are the pros. Here are the cons. I think it's too soon for them to join forces. I think the breakup is still fresh in fans' minds. I think all three have branched out very successfully on their own. And I think that that, that their characters, all three of them, still have issues between each other from the breakup. And reuniting randomly, it questions logic. There is no logic in Dean Ambrose's character or Roman Reigns' character to reunite with Seth Rollins after Seth Rollins turned on them, on top of what Seth Rollins has, his, his character has done to the Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns characters following the Shield breakup. So, to me, those are my pros and cons as far as the Shield getting back together. I don't think right now or even a year from now it should be possible. I think you would you would treat that as somewhat of a nostalgia act in the next maybe three four years. Once all three guys have firmly established themselves as. Um, you know, uh, as as top level main event players, and and have stayed there for a long period of time. I think, and I, I'm not going to go too much into predictions, but I think Dean Ambrose will have a big role in this match. Um, I think he's been kind of left out a little bit, and now they're kind of reintroducing him into you know main event storylines in the title picture. I think he'll have a little bit more of a role Sunday, and whatever he does, whether you know he costs somebody the match or he does some big spot or whatever, that will be the turning point for his character heading into the next year and where he goes uh, heading towards WrestleMania next year. Craziness. So the Shield speculation, reunite, don't reunite. Another favorite faction as of late, the Wyatt family, could they be reuniting? What is Daniel Bryan's status? And so many more things to get into Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. We're gonna get into those stories a little bit later, but right now, as we do each and every week, it is time for the day five fifty news report. Sixteen forty PWPR. That's Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network presents the day five fifty fifty news update. Only heard at the top of the hour here on the Ken Reedy Show. Our first story. Past week, the highly anticipated reality television series Tough Enough was in the news as WWE announced that despite his denial of such rumors, Chris Jericho will be the host for the series. Joining Jericho will be Renee Young as his co-host. And along with them, expert panelists will oversee the development of the contestants throughout the competition. Those panelists include current WWE diva Paige, current WWE Intercontinental Champion Daniel Bryan and WWE Hall of Famer The Immortal Hulk Hogan. Now as far as trainers go, Booker T, Badass Billy Gunn, and WWE Hall of Famer 
Lita all revealed on their respective Twitter accounts last week that they will be in the role of a trainer's position for the Tough Enough series. Now, here's a potential breakdown on how the show will take course. The format will be similar to the original NXT show in a live arena-based setting, either at the WWE Performance Center or at Full Sail University, where the current NXT product is taped. In the evaluation process, contestants will meet and come face-to-face with COO Triple H, his wife Stephanie McMahon, WWE Chairman Vincent McMahon, and John Cena. The one-hour show will include live weekly results, giving fans power to decide who stays and who goes, all on the very same night. Each week, a cast member will be eliminated until one man and one woman are determined the winners and will receive a one-year, $250,000 WWE contract. WWE is expected to launch a free app for Tough Enough on May the 25th for fans to vote. Our second story this week, Destination America is planning on canceling TNA's secondary show, Unlocked, which is hosted by Mike Tanay. With the show being canceled, that leaves Tanay's status in the company up in the air. Tanay had signed a one-year deal with TNA at the beginning of 2015, but now he's without an on-air role. It should be noted, however, that Tanay did perform color commentary duties at this weekend's TNA Impact taping but only for a small portion of the taping. Global Force Wrestling announced last week some of their roster publicly at a press conference in Las Vegas. The first group announced was the Bullet Club's Machine Gun Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, TJ Black, formerly known as Justin Gabriel from WWE, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Lance Hoyt, Chris the Adonis Mordetsky, a.k.a. Chris Masters, and former TNA knockout Lady Tapa and Thea Trinidad. It was also earlier today on Global Force Wrestling's YouTube channel where they revealed more members of their roster. The new heavenly bodies of Desirable Dustin and Gigolo Justin. Cassidy Riley and Chase Stevens, formerly X-Division talent from TNA. An individual who was interviewed on this very show, Luke Hawks. Independent wrestling star Jigsaw. Ring of Honor's Cliff Compton current TNA star, Tyrus, who is known as WWE's Brodus Clay, and last but not least, the hottest act in independent wrestling today. They've been sought out by TNA, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and even WWE. I'm talking about the Young Bucks. It was also at that press conference in Vegas last week that MMA star the very outspoken Chael Sonnen was in attendance to reveal his role as Global Force Wrestling color analyst. Now, coming off of all that news about rosters and talent, who's debuting for Global Force Wrestling, Jim Ross, Grill JR, who or excuse me, appeared for Global Force Wrestling at their Wrestle Kingdom event back in January at the Tokyo Dome, did an interview with uh, Baltimore Sun, and he revealed that Global Force Wrestling will take 12 one-hour shows beginning in July with a two-hour 13th episode, or should I say season finale to follow. In other words, Global Force Wrestling will not be a year-round promotion, a formula which has been used by the widely popular Lucha Underground. There is still no word of what networks are interested in Global Force Wrestling at this time. 
this one was a pretty interesting story, and I felt the need that I had to report on it here. Um, WrestlingDVDNews.com reported last week that WWE is planning an Owen Hart DVD Blu-ray documentary with support from Owen Hart's widow, Martha. Later in the week, Martha Hart issued a statement to WrestlingDVDNews.com claiming that WWE does not have her blessing on the project. Her statement reads, My children and I were unaware of this project until May the 7th, when it was brought to our attention by a friend who has read online about it. Contrary to your report, we do not back or support it in any way, nor has WWE requested our backing or support. From what little we know of the project, it seems to be another attempt to exploit Owen's memory and his tragic death for commercial gain. We have resisted that kind of initiative for almost 16 years. If WWE really wanted to honor Owen's legacy, it would just let him rest in peace, end quote. No date or confirmation from WWE has been announced to the public about this particular project at this time. And our fifth and final story this week, in the ongoing love-hate saga, rumored, of course, between WWE and Stone Cold Steve Austin, Austin revealed in an interview with Sports Illustrated Extra Mustard feature that there was not any heat between himself and WWE Chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon. The only issue he had was regarding some trademark stuff, and that was taken care of after conversations with WWE legal team. Austin also revealed that he was not factored into the creative plans for WrestleMania 31. That's why he was not there. He says he doesn't need to be at every WrestleMania and does not want to be at every WrestleMania, and that big event should be about the young talent. Even in the same sentence criticizing the Rock segment with Ronda Rousey and the Authority by saying it went on too damn long. Austin did say that he expects to be a part of WrestleMania 32 next year, considering it's from his home state of Texas. He also revealed he has a huge announcement coming soon that he claims will devour the wrestling news. This Saturday night, Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Cliffside Park School number 6. Pro Wrestling Magic presents Super Show. The Don Casamento Memorial Cup Finals will commence as Storm Force square up against Glitz and Glamour. The ECWA Heavyweight Championship is up for grabs as champion Matt Saigon defends the gold against Ricky Martinez. CCW's Alexander James will also be in action. Juan Francisco de Coronado will put up $10,000 of his own money to anyone who can beat him in singles action. All that and so much more. Bell time is 7 p.m. Tickets are $10. It's for a great cause, and it's fun for all ages of the family. Don't miss out on the hottest independent pro wrestling action to hit the state of New Jersey. And there you have it. Another informative, intergalactic, entertaining, hell, I'll just go on record and say it, the best news report in the business today. And if you don't believe me, ask the pop-up reports Mr. Trivia, because he'll tell you. And then he'll tell you again. And then he'll tell you again. And then he'll call this show and he'll tell me and then tell you again. It's the day 550-50 News Report. Only heard on the Ken Reedy Show every single Monday night at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR. Don't know what that is? It's the revolutionary, groundbreaking pro wrestling podcast radio network. You can find 1640 PWPR on iTunes, Spreaker.com, TalkShoe.com, just type in 1640PWPR on the search bar in any one of the free listening formats I just mentioned. By the way, did I tell you they're free? Well, I am now. It's free 99. Download them all so you don't miss this show, as well as a load of other great wrestling podcasts in the rotation. 
because if I were to name them all, then I'll take the fun out of your searching experience. Okay, kids, <laughs> my time is up. Your time is now. Ben, take the reins and please kick off the next hour like only you can. Good stuff. Well, lots of lots of interesting stories. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call and talk about what you want to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. And then, uh, well, you know, let's continue what we were talking about at the end of uh, – the first half hour of the show, and uh, you know it's it's interesting, Dave, because you know as of late, you know recent memory, you know the two most popular factions, uh, the Wyatts and, and the Shield, and and I, I thought like before we went to break, you brought up a really excellent point with the Shield and how you know uh, the, the the rift is is too recent. It's too, I mean, you know, it, it's too current. It's too. Um, you know, raw uh, with with the Ambrose character, um, that it just really, you know, uh, to me it just wouldn't make sense uh, for the Shield to get back together. However, when it comes to the Wyatt family, um, I think it makes perfect sense. I think you can really uh, pretty easily bring these guys back together um, and almost be stronger than they were beforehand. You know, I like what I've seen out of Luke Harper. Uh, as a as a singles competitor, um, I like Eric Rowan, um, but this is a faction where you know you could still keep these three as singles competitors, uh, but but they work together. I I love Bray Wyatt. Um, however, for me, the Bray Wyatt character, and I don't necessarily want this to become where like you have rotating members because um, I think that'll water it down. But the Bray Wyatt character is very much a a cult leader. And and having followers definitely helps that character. Um, so to me, it's like you separated the three of them for a bit. Um, you had them kind of show what they can do on their own. Uh, I feel like there have been little hints uh, coming here and there. Uh, when when you talk about reuniting, as far as like these two factions and their they're around around the same time, uh, you know, very similar fan base. To me, uh, I am totally against the Shield reuniting, but I think it would be cool to see the Wyatts come back together. I think when they when they broke them apart, they kind of fizzled apart. It wasn't uh, as dramatic as maybe it could have been. Um, I don't know. I, I would be cool with that if they went in that direction. Uh, maybe we see it, maybe we don't, but... I think it would be cool to see the Wyatts uh, back together for another run, Dave. I'd like to see it. And the reason why I'd like to see it, because I was not, I mean, if you listen to the show, I was not a huge fan of breaking the three of them up, to be honest with you. I really wasn't. I, I thought, and I still think to this day, there is unlimited potential for what they can do with these guys as a unit, the, 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 the creative ideas that could be, brought to the forefront with their characters as a unit, as the three of them. And I, I think what WWE did very well is that they wanted to see, I think this was an experiment. They wanted to see how well these three were going to do on their own. And, you know, they I think they knew why it was going to do pretty well on its own, because why it was the centerpiece of that group, okay? And, and to me, why it wasn't going to change um, in a good way or a bad way, whether he had Harper and Rowan with him or not, in my opinion. Um, but what they did very well in, you know, splitting them up was, like you said, they fizzled. There really wasn't a whole lot of drama behind their, their split. 
was almost kind of announced that Wyatt was kind of setting these two guys free um, to, to, to do unto whoever in, in the world of WWE. And they kind of, they, you know, they kept these guys all looking the same. They didn't really change their look around. Um, they still got, you know, the, 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 the grungy clothing and the, the, the beards and the unwashed look. I'll call it the unwashed look. Um, and they still kind of kept true to those characters. In the event, in my opinion, it, they did that in the event that if, if creatively it wasn't working with them apart, that they could bring them back together because you wouldn't make any kind of drastic changes to anybody's look as a singles competitor, if they like decide they wanted to shave, shave Rowan's beard off and give him a completely different look, then three months later they couldn't they couldn't go back to that look if they wanted to reunite with the Wyatt family. So I think that was a smart move on their part creatively. That's just my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but that's just my opinion on the on the way things um, transpired between all three characters on television. So I'd, I'd be all for it. Um, you don't necessarily, like you said, have to have them all. You know, uh, you can keep them all singles competitors, but just be aligned as like a little faction. Or you can have Rowan and Harper kind of mix it up in the tag team scene again. They were a great team. They had some great matches with the Usos um, last year. And so I, I'm all for it. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, I will say that since the, um, the split between the three or the, 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 the breakup or whatever you want to call it, I don't think Bray Wyatt did anything um, in terms of his character, anything different or anything, I don't think his presentation and what he brought was any greater than what he did when he had the two of them with him. Um, the only thing that he did, I think, very well on his own was the uh, the, the build-up with Undertaker and how he kind of carried that on his own with his mic work and his vignettes and the things that he was doing um, and how he kicked it off at the baffling paper coming out of the coffin. I thought he did that very well and did that great on his own. I, th- I thought maybe it would have been that much cooler if he had the wife attached to him as a part of that build, but as it made the build up towards that match at WrestleMania was good. The final the final product, the match itself, didn't really live up to my expectations. So I think after that point, I think that's when they started to realize, okay, maybe the three of them together is good right now. Why it's still a star? He's still going to be the, the, the centerpiece of that group. But Having Rowan and Harper um, with him, I think, only helps and adds more to the presentation of this cult-like leader that that they may not say that they're trying to portray, but by the the nuances of his character, I think that's what they are doing. Totally agree, and you know, and again, again, like you you know, it's if you're going to have a cult leader, you got to have a cult. So uh, I'm, I'm all for bringing these guys back together. I think it would work. And then, and then you know, if you're going to split them, really split them down the road. Like, make it something dramatic. Uh, change up uh, one of their characters. But, uh, you know, I, I'm all for that. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the two of them get back together. Um, so I'll see what happens. Coming out of your news segment, one of the things that I found intriguing, and that's the big news, I think, that's coming out of today as we hit these stories. Um, you know, you hit upon that uh, Daniel Bryan, is uh, said to be involved with Tough Enough, which is uh, exciting. Um, you know, I think that the Tough Enough, the, the trainers, the hosts, everything, uh, it, you know, it's funny because I, I, like with Tough Enough, it, it's weird for me because I look forward to it. And again, it's one of those things where like anytime you see behind the scenes, uh, it's cool. I, You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I guess kind of, I'm not going to, I'm a gym rat, you know, I like working out. So, uh, 
I enjoy watching the uh, different exercises and things they do physically as far as training to be in the ring. Um, however, like, you know, it's a, again, another double-edged sword. Like, you know, you wonder if uh, we're going to get a tough enough winner that really becomes a, a you know, main event, bona fide superstar. Um, the last tough enough winner really fizzled. Um, but I'm excited. I'll watch. Um, and I think it's a perfect spot for Daniel Bryan. Um, it's interesting, again, the speculation that Daniel Bryan's going to be on Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, will he be relinquishing the Intercontinental Championship? Will he not? Um, that remains to be seen. Uh, if he is not, I mean, it's a weird kind of thing for me, Dave. Not that I'm rooting for him to be vacated. I want him to. Like, I, I toughen up the perfect spot to continue to elevate wrestling boy and get healthy, but still, you know, for any performer, that's you know, that's great. You you want to be on TV, you want to stay in people's consciousness, and and the wrestling universe, especially in the WWE, moves along so fast. Um, it's good to maintain relevance. Um, I think for for Daniel Bryan, in all honesty, if his injuries are of the extent that he can only, you know, he can kind of part-time it, he can kind of, you know, he has to be careful, but they're going to handle him with kid gloves. I honestly would rather him relinquish the title and and come back 100%. Uh, as, you know, not just as, as a wrestling fan, but, you know, a human being, um, you got to be concerned about Daniel Bryan and where his health is. Um, as a wrestling fan, you know, part of the reason they wanted to put Daniel Bryan with his belt was to uh, increase the relevance of the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, you know, if you have to, again, handle him with kid gloves, have him be part-time, uh, it's not going to help that title. It's not going to help Daniel Bryan. Um, so for me as a fan, I, I think it's a perfect spot for him and tough enough. Um, if he's not healthy, I personally would want to see Daniel Bryan come in tonight. Just just give a heartfelt, you know, I rushed back. I shouldn't have. Unfortunately, I got to give up this belt. Um, let him, like, go away until he is absolutely 100%. Let's see another side of Daniel Bryan on tough enough. Make him even more likable on Tough Enough. Bring him back a thousand percent for another kick-ass Daniel Bryan run. Um, but, but as of now, I just I don't want to see this unhealthy Daniel Bryan where it's week in and week out. It's a question mark, which is why, like I said, I think Tough Enough is a perfect spot for him, Dave. I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, you know, as a fan, even just watching, you know, it's, it's kind of I wouldn't say annoying, but you know, frustrating that you know. You don't know the status of your favorite wrestler, and if he's hurt. And WWE's been very um, vague, or you know, just hasn't even really commented on his condition at all, the, the extent of his injury. Um, because either a they don't know for sure, or b they know but they don't know how to handle the situation. So I think it's a I think it's a, a good you know the timing is good that tough enough has come along where he can have an active role in that show. You know, his knowledge for the business as well would be tremendous for these up, you know, for these uh, these young kids coming into the show, trying to earn an opportunity to be a part of WWE. I think you know someone like him is a good fit for that show. Like you said, you can make him into a likable guy, so that 
the audience that watches Tough Enough, who doesn't normally watch WWE, may want to see him on WWE when they make that transition over from the reality TV to the WWE product. Um, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing tonight um, that he could relinquish the title, but they're saying that if he if he's been cleared to wrestle, and now here's the other thing too. I'm sorry, I'm kind of backtracking here. Or, He's scheduled for payback on Sunday. Now, we don't know what kind of role that would be. So if he's scheduled for the pay-per-view Sunday, either he's going to relinquish the title at the pay-per-view or he's going to have a match. But him being on tonight, I kind of have a feeling that they that they kind of know what his condition is. So him being on the show tonight, he's pretty much there to talk more about the tough enough thing, and then maybe they'll announce that he'll be at payback to discuss his future and the future of the Intercontinental Championship. I think they're going to kind of drag this out a little bit. Um, but I would love to see him back 100%. This half-ass back and forth, you know, I'm 50%, I'm 75%, this week I'm 30%. They put him out there. They limit his they limit his time in the ring. You know, I, like you said, maybe it's just better off that, you know, he steps away for a while, gets 100%, and then when he comes back, like you said, he has that kick-ass run. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man, because you root for a guy like Daniel Bryan. And, and I admire the fact, look, and, and again, not comparing myself, but on a on a much smaller level, I mean, I get that. You know, I, I mean, I had knee surgery and it was a little softball, and I died back and played softball really when I shouldn't have played. So, I mean, I get that, that, that mentality that Daniel Bryan has, that he just he wants to get back on the horse. He doesn't want to let these injuries stop him. Um and, and I get that, and I find that admirable uh, for him as, as a human being that that's what he wants to do. But I think it's time for, uh, you know, saner thoughts to prevail and to really just say, look, you know, you got you to gotta shut it down, man. You got to shut it down. Let's get to 100% because, I, I mean, and at this point, you know, not being 100%, I, I do think you, you start to talk about uh, risk of career. And, and and where, you know, this is going to go. And, and you know, if, if you don't shut it down for – I mean, th- the thing with injuries is most of it's time. And, and you can't – you know, it's frustrating, but you can't force it. It's, it takes time uh, for, for certain injuries to heal. And, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, came back, obviously was not at 100%, and he's banged up again. And, again, like I said, you know, coming out of WrestleMania, the whole thought was – put the IC title on Daniel Bryan, that'll help elevate that title, and it hasn't. It hasn't done it. I'm not saying it won't necessarily, and, and maybe he is able to make a miraculous recovery, but uh, as of now, that, that plan to elevate that title has not worked. And, uh, you know, I would much rather see him on Tough Enough, uh, be a fan of Daniel Bryan on Tough Enough, uh, and, and then let him come back to the squared circle 100%. Um, you know, and, and it remains to be seen what's going to happen. We'll see what's going to happen on, tonight on, on Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, maybe he's made a miraculous recovery, and we'll see him wrestling this, this week on, on Payback. Um, you know, again, this whole year, it's been an interesting bag on Monday Night Raw. We've had some some good shows, some some clunkers, um, you know, back and forth. And, you know, and, and this is tied into, like, injury news as well. Um, but last week on Monday Night Raw, I think we got a mixed bag. John Cena, Sami Zayn, I thought it was a real good match, real solid match. Unfortunately, Sami Zayn 
hurt in this match. Uh, so, you know, NXT guys kind of getting hit hard as of late with the injury bug, Dave. Yeah, it's been real difficult for, you know, the, the, the most popular brand in WWE right now. Uh, you know, last week while I was in Montreal, Montreal was a very hot crowd. Canadian crowds very hot because they don't get too many TV, uh, you know, WWE TV events um, as much as, you know, us here in the United States. So they're very lively, and Sami Zayn is from Montreal. Um, he, he cut his teeth in the Montreal, Quebec independent wrestling scene, so he's very well known in the area. And uh, the, the, it's funny how, like, the audience, uh, you know, was really rooting for him to be the guy to, uh, to, to to answer John Cena's challenge. I mean, I thought the whole segment was great, you know, from start to finish. With, with Cena, how at, like, the drop of a dime, the audience, you know, of course, reacted the way they do normally towards him, which is pretty much 60-40, 70-30, and not in favor of John Cena. But he kind of turned that around and, 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 and incorporated that into his promo. He even pointed some guy out in the audience wearing a Quebec Nordique hockey jersey, and then all of a sudden he had the audience in his favor in like a matter of minutes. And then the thing with Bret Hart, Sami Zayn, I mean, it was, it was, it was all, it all worked out very well. But the match was pretty good considering that Zayn hurt his shoulder before the match even started. Now, if you go back and you watch the video, um, you know, it was easily the biggest pop of the night. Easily the biggest pop of the night was when Sami Zayn came out. He came out, he was pretty fired up. His first time on, you know, in a big match on Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, he comes out, he jumps on the stairs, and he waves his arms in the air to kind of get the crowd hyped up. And uh, he, he tore his rotator cuff in the process. If you notice, you watch back, he was favoring that left that left arm and that left shoulder before he even got in the ring. And then he hesitated to jump over the ropes because he might not have had full strength using both arms to, to, to grab the ropes to make the leap over. But the match itself was pretty damn good considering he was hurt through it out, throughout it all. So um, this Wednesday is supposed to be a special, an NXT special, uh, supposed to be in the main event against Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens, the NXT title. They're still advertising that match, so... I don't know what his condition is. They're saying if he could be out for months, but they don't know what it, you know how long exactly he'd be out for. So I think they might kind of write him off um, NXT storyline for a little while this week with the match with Owens. Either Owens beats him down before the match he's taken out, or he actually goes through with the match and Owens just kind of really puts you know another one of those vicious beatings that he's so famous for giving um, on the Sami Zayn character to officially write him off TV for a while, but. And then Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami gets hurt. Uh, Japanese star, Penta, formerly known as Penta. They, WWE has big plans for him in the developmental system. So um, they got some shuffling to do uh, coming up with this, uh, this NXT special on Wednesday. But, uh, yeah, it's been a tough break for some of these NXT guys. At the same time, though, we talked about it earlier, that E60 special, you know, that E60 special highlighting those three guys. One of the guys who wasn't highlighted, but... ESPN posted videos of extras of things that didn't make air with Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze was, uh, uh, you know, he's a very popular character now, very skilled in the ring, but, you know, before he just kind of had a very bland, vanilla character, and he was kind of on the fence. WWE wasn't sure what they were going to do with him. Um, he was on the chopping block, and they, they, this was a character that they come up with, that he came up with partially, too, and who knows, maybe after the success of his involvement in the E60 special, we may see him move into his spot. Bigger things could rise up for him in NXT. I don't know. I, just, I kind of think timing is, is, is impeccable 
in situations like this. Last week, the E60 special airs. This week, we have some injuries. Let's fill in some gaps here, you know? It remains to be seen. I mean, some real popular guys on the NXT brand get, getting injured. And it's a shame, man, because Sammy Zayn comes out and really delivers last week on Monday Night Raw. Um, so lots of question marks going into this week's Raw. I mean, as of right, I mean, Dave, what do we got? Like two matches ready to go for, for payback this week? Um, yeah, Rusev and Cena, the title match. Um, and we 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 think Daniel Bryan's booked for it, but that's kind of up in the air. I think yeah, I think I, I yeah, I think we only got two matches official. And here's the other thing too, you know, we had a pay per view just three weeks ago, so this was one of those pay per views where you only had three weeks to build. So um, you know, it's kind of difficult to, to to get a card in, but at the same time, it's also WWE Network. Most of their pay per view business is now on the network, so I think they feel like. That they that they treat these pay-per-views, with the exception of you know, WrestleMania and SummerSlam, as just special events, so they don't feel like they have to fully promote like a seven or eight match card on their on on their show. We shall see. Hopefully, hopefully we get a few more matches tonight uh, before heading into Sunday night. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. It's that time of our show. We're going to enter. A- not only a realm of sight and sound, but of mind. You're about to enter the Ferrara zone. Mikey, what's up? Hey, hey, what's up? You mean you mean you're about to enter the Mike Ferrara Speaks Twilight Zone? What's going on, guys? How are you guys tonight? Doing all right. What do you got for us? Oh, what do you guys have for me? That's the question. You have any questions to ask me about tonight or about wrestling? I'll answer. I'm good. Well, well you know well, what? Have you been listening to our show? Yeah. That's a good question. Okay, well, there's like there's the first question. Yeah. Would you, would you like to talk about what you've been discussing since you've been listening? Shoot. Bueller? All right. Well, Mike, we're just talking about pay, payback. So what, what are your thoughts? I mean, payback's got two matches booked. That's what we were just talking about. Uh, what direction do you think they're going as far as, like, rounding out this card for Sunday? Yeah, I, they better start doing it soon. Tonight, yeah, you're right. Tonight is the, the night um, to do that. Um, you guys were also talking about Sami Zayn versus John Cena. It was a good match, except for, and this is the first time I've 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 ever, I guess, complained about Cena, but his long-winded promo needs to just stop. I mean, last week it, we, he was in Canada, and uh, it was just like he was talking, like, nonstop. And it's like, you know, I get the point that they were going in, and then uh, the Heat Slater stuff, and then the Hitman nailed him with the mic, and then Sammy Zayn came out. My only thing is, is that my only thing is about my only one complaint about Cena too is that he did the same move twice. It's almost like he picked Zayn up, didn't get him good enough, so he did it again. And I'm not saying that he hurt Sammy. I'm just saying he he could have probably chose a better move, you know, instead of doing the same two moves. That's my only only thing about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it was a decent match. I mean, anytime someone gets hurt in the middle of a match and, you know, they, they, they had it planned out beforehand, I guess it, it can become awkward as far as uh, what direction you're going to go. And hopefully mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, uh, 
you know, is not hurt long term. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that this guy, again, a guy whose stock is rising. Yeah, uh, another, another injury to him, just like you were saying about Daniel Bryan. That's why next year, um, next year for WrestleMania, I wouldn't book him for any title match or even the tag team, the tag team champions, because the poor guy Daniel Bryan gets hurt as injuries. Um, everybody knows about the injuries. You know, injuries. You were talking about it, Ken. You got your leg broken by Andrew Anderson for the Christ, for the Christ. And then you say something about a softball injury. Those softball injuries are terrible. They, they are, especially just trying try to connect. Yeah, um, sometimes they have those. I don't know if you ever seen those when they have the beer um, in, in people slide in and they try to, that, that, I don't know, they play with the beer and they have a keg on the thing and then people try to slide in. That that could be really painful, sliding in at first, you know. It's an injury. Well, yeah, that's, that's an injury waiting to happen. That's a concussion right there. Yeah, if we played with, with kegs on the field, that definitely would, would be dangerous. But uh, I, I think he did bring up a good point with Daniel Bryant that, um, you know, at this point, you know, you're right. If, if if and when Daniel Bryant comes back, look, it's pro wrestling. And, you know, you can have substantial storylines and programs, you know, if you have good writing, not necessarily surrounding a championship belt. And I do think that uh, – Whatever happens with Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, his next substantial program maybe should be not surrounding a belt and uh, let's let us let him run a, a long, you know, few-month program without winning a title just to see if he's if he's back to being 100% because, uh, you know, you're right. It's like you, you book him two WrestleManias in a row to come away with the gold and, uh, you know, now it's like the same. I mean, it's like deja vu, you know. What, what the heck do you yeah. do with that can happen, though. You look at what happened with John Cena, too. When John Cena was injured and he had shoulder injuries and he, he took off the pizza and he was injured, you know, he was injured a lot. It goes back to what Hulk Hogan said. Hulk Hogan said in one of his books about how, how you know, years ago, now nowadays you see guys get cut more than years ago. Like Hogan, Hogan said he wrestled, you know, with a torn back and all this. Even though the long result is everyone knows what happens when you wait on an operation, it it it, it hurts more and it's no good for you. But you know the healing process is a is a is a hard time. I understand what you guys you Ken were talking about. You know he needs to heal, but you know it's 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 hard when you think you're all healed up and then there there you go again a nagging injury and that's that's basically the end. Especially for Daniel Bryan, the guy wants to wrestle and. Uh, you know, oh, going back to Sami Zayn, he had the sickest—I don't know—he did the sickest move with that tor- that tornado DDT. I mean, that was um, that's unbelievable. I, I just the way he does he does it, and and I mean he's been doing that for years, but it's unbelievable. It's just just one of those things. No, yeah, definitely a, a talented individual, and uh, you know. It was like one of those things where you watch that match and you just were like very optimistic of what the future could hold for him. And, uh, you know, it just sucks to see them injured. And, you know, again, like when you look at Hulk Hogan and, and guys, you know, when they say they wrestled through injuries, I mean, I think you look at nowadays, I mean, part of the problem is, is wrestling styles. You know, like Hogan's style and how he, you know, told the story in the ring, um, you he could wrestle with, with uh, you know, a lot of nagging injuries. There are a lot of guys that, you know, their style, especially years ago, could wrestle through injuries. Um, you know, yeah. a guy like Sami Zayn's style, uh, Daniel Bryan's style. I mean, Daniel Bryan especially, the high-energy, you know, rapid-fire style that he wrestles at. Um, you know, it's, it's 
he can't wrestle when he's banged up. And uh, that's why, you know, you want to see a guy like him get to 100% and then come back uh, and, and really, you know, get get back to being, you know, who Daniel Bryan is. And, and yeah, I do think, it's you know, hard hitting. You know, You're right. You bring, when you bring up John Cena, though, I, I think, it, you know, a lot of time when you look at, like, these, these injuries that keep occurring, I do think mm-hmm. you start to realize, you know, if you look at things unbiased, you know, Cena's had his injuries, but he comes back really quick from injuries. John Cena's a borderline freak of nature. And, yeah. you know, this is why John Cena is the top guy in the company, because they can count on him. They can bank on John Cena. Cena's going to be there. We can mm-hmm. go film a movie and still be at Monday Night Raw and still stay healthy. I mean, the guy is in his late 30s, and he's still week in and week out is running yeah. this WWE schedule, and he's he's doing it, you know. With, and I'm, no and I'm a big John Cena supporter, but but then I'm a big John Cena supporter. That's why, you know, we were talking about earlier when I said that. That's my one critical. I, I, I love John Cena to death. I think everything he does is, is good. I don't care what people say about he's got a couple of moves, five moves, but you know what? The guy is money. In the ring, the guy gives everything. He makes you believe. He does what he has to do. And that's it. The only thing is, is that, like I said, he's, just last week, to me, it looked a little, his promo looked a little stale, but it, it happens. And I get that, you know. No one's going to ever confuse John Cena with Roddy Piper, but, um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, he's a guy that, like, he's bankable. And that's why the company keeps going back to him. And at times, uh, you, you know, you might think it's boring, but... You know, he he just he's bankable, man. He's a guy you can well, Piper, count on. Piper, you can't you know? compare. No, I'm talking about wrestling style. Everybody says that he's right. got five moves. Uh, Piper, Piper, um, what do you call? It? Piper had a couple of moves too, but promo style. Just last week's promo. Every other promo, that guy's money. Every other promo. I like used to like the promos when he used to cut when he was the rapper. The dynamics. I used to love that, and people would be like, "Oh, what are you talking about? He's just a wigger, you know, trying to trying to act like you know what the guy is is." very believable but um oh by the way today's an anniversary i i put it on my mic for our speaks page today is uh 30 years since we um, on a saturday we had saturday night's main event so i'm curious dave what do you think about saturday night's main event anniversary well i well i wasn't aware it was it was saturday night's main event anniversary but mm-hmm. uh thank you for thank you for making me aware uh I mean, you're welcome it was, it was a fun it was a fun show to watch. I, I, I looked forward to it as a kid. It was, it was really the uh, the precursor before, you know, because most times on television you saw a lot of big name talent wrestling enhancement talent or jobbers, as it would you want to call them. But on Saturday Night's Main Event, you saw stars wrestling stars, and that was a precursor of what we see today on television now. What we see on on regular TV like Raw and SmackDown, and even you know on other wrestling programs. So. Um, gone are the days of the enhancement talent. I think Saturday Night's main event was uh, was was the early stages of the of the trend of uh, you know top level talent, all top level talent competing on uh, the main wrestling programs. Yeah, today was the today is is official. It's thirty years, May eleventh. Uh, 1985. I know that because today was also the day that I made my communion, and my mother said to me today, today is an anniversary, and I know which one you're going to say. And I said, absolutely, 30 years for Saturday Night's Main Event. And also, it was right after, and everybody probably remembers this, Ken, you probably do too, it was right after WrestleMania. 
And we wanted to see what the storylines were with Hulk Hogan and, um, you know, coming out of WrestleMania with, um, you know, Mr. T and Rowdy Piper and, and what happened with Paul Orndorff. And, you know, and, and also it was a face turn from um, Mr. George the Animal Steel. And, and uh, besides um, Dorchester being on the card, and, uh, you know, then like you say, Dave, you, you do better respect now. It's better to say in talent enhancements, and we, we used to know them as jobbers. Um, and most of those jobbers, by the way, owned, opened up schools and did very well for themselves, like Iron Mike Sharp. So that's, you know. But, um, but guys, what do you guys think? And, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a good time for everybody. We have to get into the 1640 PWP. I can't do it like I did on my... Uh, I did on my little promo. How'd you guys like that, man? I, I, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting that I did that I actually did a promo. I put it on everyone's I, I tagged everyone in it. Um because I'm trying to spice it up, you know, trying to change it. And I actually found this teddy bear or something that, that some woman gave to me and I put it on um on my my trying to spice it up with the Facebook. You know, trying to get the word out about Mike Ferrara Speaks, you know. Um but uh Speaking of Mike Ferrara Speaks, I do have a reality TV show. She was on a VH1 hit reality show, and she will be on my show. If you guys want to know who it is? I do. Stop killing us with a suspense. Who's it going to be? You're going to have to tune. You're going to have to. Uh, you're going to have to wait until. Um, it's going to be up on the Facebook. It's going to be up on 1640 um, PWPR. All right, as we anxiously await the, the, the revealing wait, right? of the special guest on Who Mike Farr. Right? Mike, thanks a lot for the phone call. We'll talk to you. Hey, Sunday we'll be doing our pay-per-view pre-show. So, uh, no, Sunday's what, Ken? Hey, hey, what? hey, hey. Sunday's what's the, what's the date on Sunday, Ken? What's the date on Sunday? That That's be... the 17th, right, Ken? It is. I'll be seeing you Saturday, brother, because I'm going to make my way down to Pro Magic Wrestling. Can't wait. You know, I'm going to be rolling with the big boy magic. Mike Farrar Speaks is going to be there. Ken Reedy Show is going to be there. Oh, you know. Sounds too, good, too, brother. Too good, too good. And by the way, congratulations on your downloads. Um, I congratulated Mr. Trivia, um, Sir It's Live, Pat and them. You're going to kick Firehawk. So congratulations on your show. Keep it going. I will help out as much as I can. Love you guys. Speak to you guys soon. Take care, and I'll see you Saturday. Can, can't wait, man. Cannot hey, wait. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> right, you bye. got it, brother. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to Pro Magic Wrestling. Yeah, that's a new promotion, right? <laughs> it's not, not to be confused with Pro Wrestling Magic. No, Pro Magic Wrestling, wrestling right? Pro Magic Wrestling. Right. Is it like? Do they do Magic Church in the middle of the ring? Like, I feel like like a Mike Cole like, is gonna. We gotta play like Crazy Train, like by Ozzy. Like when he comes on. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Voice of Reason. Dank is on the line. Dank, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good after a little or a long hiatus. It's uh, good to be back. I just happened to get out of work right now, and I looked at the time. I'm like. Hey, maybe I'll have time to talk for a little bit since uh, it always seems to be working Monday nights till 11:30, and I'm like, oh, missing the show. But you guys sound great as always. 
miss talking to you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we missed you. Oh. <laughs> um, I really wish that I had something constructive as far as, like, wrestling goes that's, like, up to date. Um, because I've been working till like, I usually work Monday nights. The last time I watched a wrestling show was Monday night after WrestleMania. So if you guys want to do, like, a flashback and talk about WrestleMania for a little bit, that's fine. If not, that's fine, too. Well, but, uh, give, us your, give us your take on that, since, you know, you know that was the last um, thing you watched. I liked it. Um, it. It was a little slow at the beginning for, for me, but then it just picked up. Um, the Triple H Sting match was everything that I wanted it to be, other than... Staying losing, but you know, as we all know, Triple H will never put. You know, he can't lose at WrestleMania when he's the CEO of the company. So that was kind of predictable. But the match itself was very good. I I liked it a lot. Taker was good for what it was. I mean, like now that the streak is gone, it's not like you have that suspense anymore. And it was actually more enjoyable than, you know, almost waiting when the three count is going to happen. It's like, now that the streak's over, is he going to win again? Is he going to lose? You know, is Bray Wyatt going to be the next taker? So I I like that match a lot. And then the um, what turned out to be the triple threat match, pretty much, um, at the end was really a good, solid match. And then, of course, there's the Randy Orton move. You know, the RKO off the back of his neck was just one of those, what will they think of next? And me and my fiance looked at each other, literally our jaws on the ground going, did we see that right? Did he really just pull off that move? And um, it was good. Like, it was definitely good. So, entertained, entertained, entertained. A little flashbacky. I mean, we we discussed WrestleMania. We discussed, you know, and it's interesting that you brought up Randy Orton and, and bring it to kind of a uh, current, uh, you know, take on him. And, and we discussed a little bit, but I, I do hope at some point, uh, wrestling fans. I mean, I mean, Randy Orton is not that old. Uh, he just came around at a very young age. I I want to say he's like thirty one, thirty two years old. Um, you know, Randy no, Orton. Old than that. Is he like thirty four? I believe he's yeah. 34. So I think he's a year younger than me. So yeah. he's still young. Um, he's yeah. a guy that, like, when you look at Randy Orton, I, you know, and everything he's done in that that spot in WrestleMania, uh, what he continues to do, um, you know, week in and, and week out. Uh, I, I hope wrestling fans recognize that they're seeing something very. Actually, he just turned 35. He turned 35 in April. Uh, April 1st, he is uh, April Fool's Day. Um, he um, He's something special. Randy Orton is, is something special. Um, his ability level, his, his physicality um, in the ring for a guy his size is is staggering. Uh, the athleticism that that Randy Orton can pull off in that ring for a guy who's six five six six uh is is absolutely incredible and I, I think wrestling fans need to start to recognize that uh you're seeing something very special you're seeing something that uh you know a talent that doesn't come around very often and uh 
a guy, yeah, I get it, you know, is he, is he great on the mic? No, um, at times his character kind of uh, languish a bit, yes. Um, but, you know, that spot you're talking about at WrestleMania, uh, how he continues to, to, you know, I mean, hashtag RKO out of nowhere, uh, trends worldwide. Um, you know, Randy Orton is something special, and uh, I think wrestling fans really need to take notice. Yeah, and, like, and I agree with you, and I hope that, you know, in the near future we'll be able to see him headline WrestleMania, you know, if not at least one, maybe twice or so, where, you know, with really great matches, maybe bring back like they did with Cena and The Rock, bring back like a big name and have one-on-one. But, yeah, I know, I do agree where, you know, he, he started very young, and he never really went away. There was never really like a... We have to remarket Randy Orton, or we have to repackage him. Ever since he's come on the scene, there's you know back when uh, Evolution you know was running wild or the first time around, um, he was entertaining. He was you know great to see, and he was one of those unpredictable wrestlers that you never know. Is tonight Randy gonna turn heel? Is he gonna turn face? You know, is he? He's going to be there, you know, and, and I don't know. It's one of those that I've been following, you know, since I've been watching it with Dave. And um, I look forward to his, you know, especially like the big matches because they're entertaining. They're good to see. And especially the RTO out of nowhere is coming to where it's like, okay, is this it? Is that it? And how is he going to top it? You know, the guy bounced off his head and he caught him, you know, midair. It's like, okay, top that. And. As a fan of Randy Orton, I'm looking forward to seeing what else they can come up with. Well, well, you know, a lot of a lot of what you had to say, you were very on you know on point about you know the, the the evolution of the Randy Orton character. But I will have to disagree with you on one thing. There was only one thing that ever ran wild in WWE, and it wasn't Evolution, pal. Right? It was Hulkamania. <laughs> I was looking for a better term, but it was the you first need, thing that popped you in my head. Get that right. Hulkamania ran wild. Evolution didn't do anything. <laughs> I do apologize for the mis, mis for the, you know mis speaking. I did. I How meant no you. insult to Hulkamania. <laughs> All right, good. That's, that's uh, good. As long as we clear the air on that subject. <laughs> no, we're good on that subject. Well, guys, I'm gonna let you guys go. Thank you so much for taking my call. I know it was very short notice, and you know you stuck me in there. It's always fun. It's always a pleasure. Made made my night. And uh, well, I don't know when's the next time I'll be able to call in, but I'm already looking forward to it. You're looking forward to hearing from you again, Dang. Next up for the call, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Take it easy, bro. Take care. And uh, Dang giving us, uh, you know, a little logic. It was uh, we had uh, two phone calls, like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, got to go back in time a little bit, talk a little WrestleMania, which is cool, but as we get set for Monday Night Raw this evening, um, you know, again, like I, like I said a little while ago, uh, you know, hopefully we, we get a card tonight, uh, or at least a little more of a semblance of a card for uh, payback as we're uh, a little under eight minutes away from the start of Monday Night Raw. Um, you know, interesting stuff surrounding, you know, the two, the, the two matches uh, booked for uh, payback. You got, uh, you know, the Fatal 4-Way, but you also got the I Quit match for the WWE 
United States Championship between John Cena and Rusev. Obviously, they have a uh, a, a split brewing between Rusev and Lana. Hearing a lot of reports on a, a big push for Lana, I'm real curious where exactly they're, they're going to go with that. Um, but I think personally, Dave, I think it's a good thing. Um, because, again, in, in pro wrestling now with uh, the, the curtain pulled back, so to speak, and uh, the, the inability at times to really develop a, a true heel, and, you know, even even though it's America versus Russia at WrestleMania, there are a lot of guys, a lot of people booing Cena and cheering for Rusev. I, I think Rusev kind of being a bully toward Lana, uh, this split will really help with Rusev being a bona fide, 100% across the board hated heel. Oh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm you know what, to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not totally in favor of the split. I think she really adds a lot to that character and the presentation. Um, I mean, you know, they have big plans for her, I guess. I guess they want to kind of switch it up, and they might have her wrestle or work under her real name. I don't know exactly what they're going to have her do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they if maybe they uh, they kept her as Lana and they made her, like, a director of operations because we can kind of see that, like, Kane's on his way out of the authority, so maybe, like, she'll fill that void for a little while until they have definite concrete plans on what they want to do with her. Or maybe they'll, maybe as a part of her baby face turn, she'll be revealed as director of operations um, per the order of Vince McMahon. Um, You know, I don't know. Like I said, I like her with Rusev. It adds to that presentation. Uh, at the same time, I think I agree with you in the sense that Rusev bullying her and you know kind of pushing her off to the side is only going to help make him a hundred percent bona fide bad guy even more. Uh, the only thing I, I've questioned in this is the logic behind like for a long time she was like his master and controller, and she controlled him and like you know she kept him in check and. For, for the longest time, and then when all of a sudden did the did the roles reverse, where where he became the one kind of, you know, barking the orders out of the out between the two of them. I just I I don't see the the, the transition between the, the those two spectrums. Um, but I think with Rusev, uh, you know, if they do split, um, depending on what they do with Lana, depending on if they ch- give her a complete character overhaul, um, you know, I don't know what her wrestling ability is if she even has any. To be, to be perfectly honest with you, I know that she's a, a model, she's been a cheerleader, she's athletic, but I don't know what kind of wrestling training she's had. Um, so I don't know where her character could go if they do a complete overhaul and, and, and makeover for her. With Rusev, I mean, yeah, he'd be a 100% bad guy, but to me, I think, like, he could use, like, a manager. Like, if, 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 if Brock Lesnar wasn't around, man, Paul Heyman would be a good fit for Rusev, but I think they're 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 not trying to put Heyman with anybody else anymore because the last couple times they've experimented with with Paul Heyman and somebody else not named Brock Lesnar, it hasn't worked out the way that they had hoped. So um, I would think that Rusev might need a mouthpiece. Maybe they would have him join forces with the Authority. Maybe he'll be like Triple H's, you know, hired you know hired gun to take out guys, you know, to protect the the, the, the WWE champion. I don't know, but. I think the future is bright for both of them. I, and Rusev's very athletic, very talented, and 
for someone whose English isn't the greatest, his mic work isn't that bad. Um, but I'll, I will do one early, and I will make a bold prediction that John Cena will win the match at Sunday at Payback, the I Quit match, but Rusev will not say I quit. It will be Lana saying I quit for him, and that's how the split happens between the two of them. That's bold. Um, with with a little under three minutes left, you know, interesting as I'm watching, you know, I have the Raw pre-show on for the WWE, and uh, you know, interesting, and you know, somebody we get into a little a little more uh, on our next show, but uh, they have uh, Axelmania uh, and Damian Sandow, and Sandow busting out uh, his best Macho Man, and uh, look like they're kind of playing off a bit of the Mega Powers exploding. Um, Dave, this is weird for me. I, I like Sandow, and I think Sandow, you know, is funny with these impressions. And uh, But it's like you had him doing, uh, you know, Miz's stunt double crap. He finally breaks free just to be doing other copies and impressions. I, I think Damian Sandow's got all the talent in the world. Uh, I think he's got enough talent where he can just be Damian Sandow and doesn't necessarily need a gimmicky gimmick um he can just be him and rest on you know being decent on the mic and being decent in the ring um i don't necessarily get this right now um again i chuckle a lot of times uh when he's doing his thing i'm not saying it's horrible i just kind of want to see him doing something bigger i i agree with you i mean i i guess they want to maybe they want to cash in with 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 the axelmania and the macho mandow um, and only have this last for a couple of weeks, but I, I would like to see um, eventually, you know, both guys really come into their own. I, I mean, Axel's done pretty well with this whole Axel Mania. This is probably the best stuff he's done uh, since he's been on the WWE roster, in my opinion. He's really taken to this role. Sandow, I think he should, he needs to move on at some point. Now, it needs to happen soon. Let there be a payoff where they have a match of payback and they do the mega powers thing, and then let it be gone after that, and then do your own thing. I think Standout was very talented on his own, but he was Damien Standout. I, I don't get why they tried to reinvent the wheel with him. I thought what he was doing, he was a throwback to like the old school wrestling heel with the with the with the, the bathrobe and the towel, and he kind of brought like you know a little bit of Bob Backlund in with the smart words, the very intelligent vocabulary, stuff like that. I, I mean. He's, he's way more talented than that. I don't want to see the impersonations anymore, to be quite honest with you. I'm right there with you, and we can dissect that further as we see tonight on Monday Night Raw. Hopefully we get a card for Payback. We'll be back on Sunday giving you a full Payback pregame, 6 to 8 p.m. Thank you guys for calling us. For Dave, I am Ken. See you Sunday. Good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.